Hello, I'm David Clark, CFA, and welcome to the CFA UK in Conversation podcast. Today, I have the great pleasure of talking to one of the titans of the fund industry, Martin Gilbert. His achievements are too many to mention. I mean, literally, they are, they are too many to mention. Um, he, he, his, his PR sent me his biography, and if I was to go through it, I think uh, we'd finish it just in the allotted time for the podcast. So, so with that in mind, I'm just going to highlight uh, a, a couple of his you know, major achievements. He was the uh, founder of Aberdeen Asset Management, uh, changing it from a small local manager in a mid-sized Scottish city in 1983 to become one of the largest fund houses in Europe at the end when it merged with Standard Life Investments. Uh, he's now chairman of fintech Wunderkind, Wunderkind Revolute, and he's also the chairman of his new asset management venture, Asset Co. So we're going to be talking about those particular aspects, in, I think, in general in this, Martin. Good to see you. No, great to see you. I didn't know you were a CFA. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I, I don't know how I managed to pass. It's a very difficult <laughs> exam. I must have been on something at the time I, that they let me through. I thought you were just a poor journalist. Well, you, you, you can be both. Uh, so so that, and, and can I just point out here for anybody listening that it's very important for journalists, for anybody, it's a very good qualification to do. It's a great qualification. And, and absolutely. And that's, I suppose, is why this podcast is, is key to find out from people like yourself who've been so close to the industry, I suppose, what, how you feel about what has changed, what's taken place. Because when you started out in 83, it must have been so different, was it? Yeah, it was a very small industry in, uh, in the 80s. And uh, in the 70s, all the asset managers in Scotland were owned by other accountants or law firms. And they all sort of spun out. So Bailey Gifford were part of a law firm. Ivory and Simon were an accountancy firm. We were part of a law firm. So it does show that it was really, it was, as I say, uh, a very, very small industry which has developed into, uh, into a global uh, industry now. Uh, great industry to be involved in because you can make a difference to people's lives by uh, managing, by helping them manage their money uh, better and, um, and, and doing a great job for them. But I think just going back to how it's relevant to the CFA, when we first started all our asset managers that we recruited were chartered accountants which is really the sort of mba to a certain extent of the the uk and now all the um, all the fund managers are cfas uh, some may still be accountants but but they will have pre-qualified so um so the cfa has really replaced all the other qualifications now to be a successful fund manager. Well, actually, let's zone in on that. So what do you think makes a successful fund manager? What are the attributes? I think the, um, there is no one size fits all for a fund manager, for a good fund manager. Um, the good fund managers come from varied backgrounds and have, uh, have, varied personalities. I think one thing that does strike me about a good fund manager is 
they have the resilience to stick by their uh, belief and not cut at the point of maximum pain. Um, and we've seen examples of fund managers cutting at the point of maximum pain um, back in the 90s when, when some of the fund managers didn't own Vodafone or didn't own tech stocks then. Uh, probably we're seeing the same at the moment with fund managers not owning the big fangs in the, the US. So I think the good fund managers stick with their beliefs through the uh, tough times. And as I say, don't cut at the point of maximum pain, because if you cut at the max point of maximum pain, um, switch out of value to growth or growth into value, you, your fund will never recover. It will whipsaw and you'll lose. You'll have two losing streaks. Well, isn't there, there there's something quite personal about that that I hope you don't mind me going into because I, I, I wondered do you see yourself with that because let's face it you, you had a few ups and downs and in fact when we got to know each other first I was uh, a, a, a young a younger reporter at Bloomberg and a right pain in the whatever and I remember I used to harangue you around the time of the split capital trust uh, crisis and that I remember Aberdeen really was at the center of that and you as apart from having to deal with people like me, stuck right through. Do you, I mean, do you see that in yourself as well? That you saw the future there, and you thought that you were not going to be put off by what was what you saw as something that was temporary. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, you know, there were times during. Uh, so, first of all, good CEOs are good in the bad times, not the good times. It's easy to be a good CEO in the, the, the good times. You just ride the crest of the wave, I suppose, and make sure you steer the boat or whatever it is in, in the right direction. I think where you find yourself out and where the where your shareholders, the, your, your, the people who you work with find you out is the, the tough times. Yeah, I mean, there were times I thought about quitting. Um, I offered to quit with the board. Uh, they said, listen, you got us into this mess. Now get us out of it. So um, so they stuck by me, which was very important. And because of that, I thought yeah, I have a duty to uh, get us out of this uh, mess that we had got ourselves into. So, yeah, I think I think I think it's resilience in in it. it in asset management, resilience, being a CEO, resilience is important. Being a good fund manager, resilience is, uh, is important. Uh, and I suppose, just drawing it back then to the 1980s, you know, that you saw potential there. Did you think when you were, you know, working in a lawyer's office in, in, in Aberdeen in the, in, in the early 80s, did you think, I know this is going to be huge. I know this, this could be, this has huge potential. No, I don't think so. I mean, I think our aim was to get to a billion pounds and it took us 10 years to get to a billion. And wh when I speak to people now about starting asset managers or whatever, I always say to them, the first billion's the most difficult. And, um, and I still think it's probably slightly bigger than a billion now, but say five billion. That five billion is so hard for a small startup asset manager to... Uh, to get to because you have no credibility, you, you've no track record, you've no real experience of running the business. 
because a lot of asset managers, a lot of the small asset management firms are excellent at managing money, but think performance sells. Performance doesn't sell. You have to sell performance. And that's often a failing we see in, uh, in these boutiques who are really, really good at managing the, the, the money. So I think a lot of the excitement now in asset management is in that boutique sort of category as opposed to the those caught in the middle and 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 of course the very big guys who tend to be American of course now but who are who are uh, in the, the trillionaire clubs you know so it's it's unbelievable the size now that the industry has expanded to as people have to save more to look after their uh, their their later years can I just tack back to what you were saying there about the, the small, the, the, you know, these boutiques who do a great job and but selling that performance. Do you think that's something, you know, we talked about, what, you know, the kind of people that end up being fund managers. We've often talked in the past, you know, at a CFA, CFA level about the communication issues for the industry, you know, both at a meta talking about what we do great and particularly talking about selling performance. Do you think there's a there's a challenge there? Do you think that we need to work harder on that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's a really good point. Uh, fund managers don't really want to do distribution. The biggest complaint I used to get from our asset managers when I was running Aberdeen was, uh, A, why are we not getting more money into our funds? I would say, well, maybe you could help the uh, sales team get some money into your funds. Oh, no, that's not part of my job. Uh, my job is to manage the money and the sales guy's job is to sell my, uh, my fund. And a lot of fund managers are not comfortable with that communication. Some are very comfortable, don't get me wrong. Some love the publicity, but the majority do not want to be in the limelight. They, they, they're very comfortable managing their money, manage, doing their day job, um, and don't really see it as part of their job to help expand the, um, the, the, the business or attract money into their funds. So it, it, it's something I think could be improved in the training uh, of fund managers which I think is excellent. I mean, don't get me wrong, the CFA training is excellent, but if we could just tilt a bit more to, uh, to communication skills and, um, and external skills, basically. Well, I, well, I hope that anybody who's, who sets the curriculum is, is, is listening to that. Tell me a bit about Asset Co. And, you know, what is, is this just, Aberdeen Mark II, how is it different what you're doing now from what you did 30 years ago? Um, no, it's not definitely not Aberdeen Mark II. I mean, I, I think um, Aberdeen is a phenomenal global business with an excellent CEO now um, and will do, will do very well. He's got, he's got the challenges that all these mid-sized firms have which is they're caught in that sort of middle ground. And he, he, Stephen Bird's lucky he's got the balance sheet to get himself out of that. Seems to be doing a lot of uh, pointing the business direct to the consumer, which I think is, is inevitable. 
you need to go directly more to the customer because obviously we're seeing the demise of the final salary pension schemes, which in the past would have looked after the majority of, of, of people. So people are having to uh, invest their own savings now into various wrappers. Uh, so Aberdeen's in the right, um, heading in that direction. So what we're hoping to do is a bit of what I said before, helping small firms distribute, finding talent and working with talent and helping them grow, which I think we can do, but also going to where the asset management business is going, which is a bit direct consumer platforms, um, thematic ETFs. So those are the areas we're, we're looking at, which are all now pointing more towards the consumer than we were at Aberdeen, where we were pointed much more towards the institutional um, investor, which of course managed the money for the, uh, uh, the individuals basically. So, uh, so it's exciting, it's, it's nice to be small again. It's nice to not have the, the governance that you have in a big firm. Um, no, it's good fun. We're, we're, we're enjoying it. What would be the biggest challenge then, do you think, for the industry as a whole? Not, not particularly your area, but the industry as a whole. Because there, I mean, there, there are significant ones, obviously, challenge from passive investing, as uh, you know, speaking directly to the consumer, as you say. So a change in how you deal with clients, um, providing products that people want around sustainability, I mean, you touched on diversity in the, you know, both in the in, in the in the type of people that do it, but in how, the products that you sell. What do you think is the biggest challenge to the industry? All of those things. I mean, the way I describe it is the industry is going through some significant headwinds. So, the first, as we we said, is this dominance of the uh, the big U.S. houses, the big U.S. passive houses who who uh, provide ETFs. So that move from active equities to passive equities has obviously hit the, um, the active fund managers. But a side effect of that has been the compression of fees in the active area as well, because obviously a client, an institutional client or a re even a retail client now who was paying 150 basis points 10 years ago is now paying 40, 50. So we've seen enormous fee compression. And then another area that's hit the, um, the uh, long-only equity asset managers is this massive move from public markets to private markets as institutional investors are looking for an enhanced return. So a good example would be um, uh, an insurance company who traditionally had a big investment in corporate bonds is now looking at shifting a large percentage of that to private market bonds or uh, non-quoted bonds, non-public. So we're seeing massive, massive shifts in the industry. And of course, ESG, as you mentioned, sustainability, and then we're going to have impact is going to be something the industry is going to have to uh, um, look at as the younger generation start inheriting money from their parents and um, investing it. 
And another frightening statistic for wealth managers is that um, the children of their clients, 80% of the children of their clients have no intention of using them as their wealth manager. So they're going to go onto the platforms. They're very comfortable uh, doing their own research, looking for what is the cheapest fund or the best fund. So they'll, they'll do a lot more work themselves. Uh, people say they, they may also be more comfortable not speaking to people. I mean, as, as those of us with children know, if you try and phone your children, there's no chance of them answering the phone. Uh, they're much more comfortable with texting or messaging. So, um, so all of these trends are going to, um, going to play into what are, are really the headwinds the industry are facing. Well, I suppose that that segues nicely then into our final question, just about because you are chairman of Revolut. Tell me about fintech. Is it does it deserve to be set aside? Is it part of the same? Is it a fad? How is technology affecting the finance industry and I suppose the asset industry in particular? Yeah, no, it's it's definitely not a fad. I mean, it's here to stay, and these companies are um, have the advantage of not having the legacy systems. I mean, Revolut, for example, would, does not have a branch network, does not have legacy systems written twenty years ago that are with, that banks are still trying to work they have a much smaller product uh, line they're not as complicated so all of these things play into um why they're going why they are successful um clearly revolut has an aspiration to be the world's global leading app so that an individual can do all of their financial transactions just on that one one app and and i think it has a chance of succeeding there so um, they're definitely not they're definitely not fads, and they're here to stay. Um, and I think the revolutes of this world will be successful, and of course, people will be able to do asset manage asset management on it eventually. Whether it's ETFs or iShares or whatever, that's still being worked on. Um, but it won't be the expensive. Um, model of having individuals managing money it will be a very very technology driven solution well thank you very much for that we've just scraped the surface i feel there you know i, I wasn't joking I, I want the listeners to know when i mentioned about the biography so we might have to do another podcast anytime anytime you've been pestering me for 20 years now so i'm happy to be pestered again you do, do you have a biography out already? Have you written one? It, it, it's obviously it's going no. to be like several volumes. I'm, I'm, no. I'm looking for a ghost writer, David. <laughs> oh, well, uh, there you go. There you go. There's my pitch for that. <laughs> well, look, thank you very much. Thanks so much for that, Martin. Thanks for chatting to me today. And thank you to everybody for listening. Take Remember care. to look out for the next episode of our In Conversation podcast. Thanks, Martin. Uh, this will be through the usual CFA UK email at www.cfauk.org forward slash podcast. You can also submit an episode UK SoundCloud channel or Apple Podcasts.